You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. It's important to remember why we are here. Many times we get detoured. We could actually schedule a bunch of religious activity and just spin our wheels and never get anywhere as it relates to reaching our community. I can promise you that we could fill our calendar from now to 2040 with religious activity, but if Jesus don't get in the middle of it somewhere, we could spend all those years doing a bunch of stuff that we enjoy, but never grow one soul, never reach one sinner. Have you become busy with all of your religious activities and forget why you are here? Often the good in life takes over the best in life. In Pastor Gary's message today, he reminds you of your purpose to share the love of Christ with others. You are here to encourage others with God's great grace and share the hope found in Christ. If you are not actively witnessing to others, you need to ask yourself why. Do you not have enough time, courage, or patience? Call upon the Lord for strength. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Revelation chapter 2 as he begins his message, Staying in Love with Jesus. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them that are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars. And hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which also I hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. I want to focus on verse 4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. And I want to preach for a few minutes on how to stay in love with Jesus. Our Lord is addressing the church of Ephesus. And we can learn a lot about the church of Ephesus because we have the writings of the book of Ephesians that gives us insight as to the spiritual climate and the rich heritage that they had as they had an entire book of the Bible devoted to their attention. And so we're going to make some comparisons throughout the book of Ephesians as I lay this out for you. But I want to give you three things on how that you can stay in love with Jesus the first thing that I want you to notice is, I mean, just look at it, the first three verses. I mean, they had a pretty impressive resume. He said, uh, verse 2, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how you can't bear them that are evil. And you've tried them that say they're 
apostles and are not and has found them to be liars. You've borne, in other words, you've bared the burden of ministry. You've been patient and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. In other words, you've got a lot going for you, Church of Ephesus, but there's one primary thing that is missing and that is this. You have left your first love. And we can have all the essential ingredients necessary to make up a church, but if our driving force is not our love for the Savior, then we will have very little effect, if any, while we're here. And that is the subject to which I want to devote my attention. Number one, to stay in love with Jesus, we have to maintain a consistent awareness of our cause. We must maintain a consistent awareness of our cause. Verses 2 and 3 are good causes. I mean, we are here to work and to labor and to be patient. And we are here to call out evil. Amen. We are here to try those that say that they are apostles and are not and to find them liars. We are here uh, to uphold truth and to bear the weight of ministry and for the name of Christ to labor and to not faint. We're, we're here to do all that. That is why we're here. Amen. But now in order for us to maintain a consistent awareness of our cause, the first thing we need to be able to do is to be a continual witness. Okay, The book of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 15 tells us and instructs us to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We are not here to entertain the lost. Amen. We are here to be a continual witness of God's great grace. It's important to remember why we are here. Many times we get detoured. We could actually schedule a bunch of religious activity and just spin our wheels and never get anywhere as it relates to reaching our community. I can promise you that we could fill our calendar from now to 2040 with religious activity, but if Jesus don't get in the middle of it somewhere, we could spend all those years doing a bunch of stuff that we enjoy, but never grow one soul, never reach one sinner. And so we need to understand why we are here. If we're not reaching out and if we're not winning people to Christ and making disciples and teaching others to take the same truth and bring it to somebody else and, and reproducing as a church like we're supposed to be, then we are really not doing what it is that we're purposed to do. So we need to be continually witnessing, okay? Ephesians 5.11 says uh, for us to not have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. This, again, uh, speaks of our presence in this world is here not to entertain the lost, not to fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but to define truth from error, to declare the Word of God against a crooked and a perverse generation. Amen. And that's part of being a witness. And sometimes it's not easy to be a witness because it means we have to deal with the subject called sin. And sin is a sore subject for everybody. <laughs> I promise you, sin is a sore subject for everybody. And that means you and that means me. Because, see, we may not have the same kinds of sins on our record as others might have, but I promise you, if you look close enough, there'll be something on your account that you would be embarrassed to let anybody know about. Sin is just not a comfortable subject to deal with. And if we're going to be witnesses... 
to Christ's ability to deliver this lost world from their sin, then we're going to have to address that issue. And a lot of times as a church, sometimes we're tempted to try to make things comfortable for the sinner. And don't get me wrong, I want visitors to feel welcome and to be comfortable as far as their environment is concerned. But now when it comes to the preaching of the Word of God, it's not our job to tickle the ear and to give a feel good, but to preach the truth of the Word of God, whether it challenges someone or not. I mean, we are to stand and declare the truth of the Word of God, and sometimes it's going to offend people, and sometimes they're not going to like what they've heard, and sometimes it's going to convict them, and they're going to feel worse about themselves leaving than they did coming. Especially if they don't make things right with the Lord. Amen? And so we've got to uh, remember what our cause is. Why are we here? We're here to declare the truth of the Word of God and to uphold His principles in this crooked and perverse generation. And so in order to do that, we've got to be a continual witness, but we also have to maintain a consistent walk with God. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted." Forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. This is dealing, I believe, with a consistent walk with God. We're not here to discourage one another. We are here to build up our most holy faith and to encourage one another. And one of the ways that we do that is to be consistent in our walk with God. Nothing disturbs a new convert, I don't think, any worse than inconsistency in the life of a believer that they're looking up to. Okay? Especially parents. Parents, you cannot have a fork of tongue. You cannot say one thing and do another in front of your children because that's inconsistency. And if you want, if you want to discredit your testimony with your children, then all you've got to do is preach one thing and live another and have an inconsistency in your life the kind of inconsistency that you blind yourself to because you don't look in it, like looking at yourself in the mirror, but you hope that your children don't notice. But I promise you they notice. Okay, If we are going to win this young generation to Christ and convince them that walking with God is worthwhile, then we've got to show them that and prove that to them by walking a consistent walk with God ourselves. To be consistent is very important. Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ Jesus ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for He is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit." Another thing that shows inconsistency is when the body of Christ preaches unity, but yet allows discord to fester. You know, the Bible says how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. But now, I'm going to tell you something. If we don't maintain that unity and if we allow schisms and divisions to rise up in, in the congregation, people see that and they see it, that as an inconsistency and that can be a discredit to our testimony. And so our testimony should be valuable enough to us in order for us to make effort in keeping peace amongst our own ranks. If we can't get along with one another, 
then how in the world can we ask someone to place their faith in Christ and then join membership with us? Amen? Nobody wants to be a part of inconsistency. And so we must be consistent in our walk. But another thing, in order to be to maintain a consistent awareness of our cause, we also have to offer up continual worship. This helps keep in mind what our cause is about. We must make Jesus the preeminence. Ephesians 5.18, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And by the way, footnote here, just, just, uh, this is a little rabbit trail, but I gotta say it while I'm right here. This verse alone does not give you a complete and total definition of what kind of music you should subject yourself to. In other words, some people think that the only song that you can listen to is a hymn. Are you listening to me? (laughs) I might get in trouble here, and that's okay. What this is dealing with is being filled with the Spirit. In other words, this is a result, okay, of being filled with the Spirit. The people who are filled with the Spirit often speak to themselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. I believe your, your music should be important to you enough to where you have guidelines to make sure that it's pure and it's wholesome. It could be entertaining, but it, it shouldn't contain filth and nastiness. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, what this is dealing with is when you're worshiping God and you're filled with the Spirit, that's going to start bubbling up out of you. You're going to find yourself happy in Jesus. And you'll be driving down the road and you'll just be singing along and all of a sudden you'll feel the presence of God invade the cab of your vehicle and, and you'll just find yourself worshiping the Lord, just you and Him. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, And that's, that's a part of worship. That's a part of worship. It's funny to me, all of the bad ideas, the misconceptions of what worship is all about. I think the church, by large, needs to be re-educated as to what worship is. Worship is not necessarily a physical display of emotion, though it can result in that. There's nothing wrong with being emotional about your walk with God. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with expressing your joy and your service to the Lord. A lot of times we're afraid of that because in some environments, men have allowed that to get out of hand and people wall around on the floor and bark like dogs and do crazy, stupid stuff. And we, we label things that we're afraid of, such as that particular kind of, I don't even know what you would label that kind of stuff. But, you know, sometimes we, we see how other people worship and we're like, you know what, I can't relate to that. And so we jump over here onto the other end of the spectrum so much to the point that we're afraid to even express ourselves at all. And I think that we need a revival of true worship. And the Bible says that they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now we got the truth down, buddy. We got it down. We're doctrinally sound. Glory. But is there any spirit? You can have truth without spirit. You can also have spirit without truth. <laughs> you got to have it balanced. I, I've seen churches who shouted the roof down. Who, I mean, you heard the old expression, they swang from the chandeliers. And it was so chaotic, but at the end of the service, you had no idea. There was so much confusion, you didn't get one thing out of it from, from a truth perspective. 
But I've also seen it on the other end of the spectrum where the Word of God was preached and what was said was true, but there was no spirit and life and no one responded to the voice of the Spirit of God. And so you have to have both. There has to be balance. I'm not talking about going charismatic and going crazy, but you cannot lose your song. You cannot lose your worship if you're going to stay in love with Jesus. You've got to be able to express to some degree a level of devotion to Him without being afraid of being slapped on the wrist by the local association. Can I get a good amen? Amen. We are not here to bring God down to our level. We are here uh, to offer worship to Him who is high and lifted up. And by the way, worship is more than just a Sunday morning routine or a Wednesday night gathering. Worship is a lifestyle. You worship God not by necessarily the specific things that you do, but you worship Him with your life. You give Him your all. Worship is an outward expression of an inward devotion. And how do you outwardly express your inward devotion to God any better than giving your life to Him and living for Him every day of your life? It's a matter of devotion. Amen? And so we must maintain a consistent awareness of our cause. That involves witnessing, that involves walking, and that involves worship. Number two, if we're going to stay in love with Jesus, we need to maintain a continual open line of communication. Verse 5 said, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Revelation chapter 2. I'm back over there again. Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. Remember from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works. The first works. It's an interesting phrase. The first works. Let me ask you this. Those of you who know that Jesus is your Savior, you remember the day that you were saved and you gave your life to Christ. I imagine that there was some level of excitement about your new walk with God if you were saved. And I imagine that you probably read your Bible quite frequently, and I imagine you probably prayed quite frequently, and sometimes we lose our fervor, and sometimes we lose our steam, and sometimes we get discouraged, and maybe we're not as on fire for God as we used to be when we first got saved. And so in essence, we have lost our first love, and, and maybe we don't pray like we used to pray. Maybe we don't read our Bible like we used to read our Bible because we're not as on fire for the Lord. And maybe church has just become old hat to us and the holy things of God have become normal to us and we should never allow it to get to that place. We should always be very appreciative of the truths that God has entrusted to us and exposed us to. We should never take it lightly. But, you know, I want to compare the first time or the day that you got saved maybe with what it's like when you start courting someone that you fall in love with. Now, I'm going to use Amy as an illustration. Okay? Amy and I met, and of course, for me, it was love at first sight. And Amy come along about six months later and woke up from a dream and realized she loved me too. Amen? All right? But now, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it took a lot of talking and getting to know one another. Communication. Amen? We communicated. Matter of fact, uh, she ended up taking a job at a place that I was working at, and we got to know one another 
really well and become good friends. And then based upon that friendship, it, we, it developed into something more than that. And, and of course, we're married today as a result of that. But I want to point something out to you. Had we not communicated effectively to one another, the relationship would not have built and she probably wouldn't have been as quick to come around. Amen. It was easy for me to fall in love with her. Now, I had to do some convincing. Amen. I had to communicate. All right, now let me ask you something. How can you stay in love with Jesus if you never talk to Him? How can you stay in love with Jesus if you never listen to Him when He's trying to talk to you? Sometimes we're dead in our walk with God because there's no communication. All right? Don't be like the old farmer that told his wife, at 30 years into their marriage, the wife looked over and said, you still love me? And he said, well, I told you that when we got married. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. That's not how it works. Amen? There's got to be some communication. When you fall in love with Jesus, it's going to be evident. Okay? And sometimes the only thing that it takes to rekindle those fires, to reignite that excitement about being a part of the family of God and serving God is to get on your knees in prayer and open that book and say, God, it's been a while, but I sure could take a fresh drink from heaven tonight. And you get on your knees and you get honest with God and just pour your heart out to Him. And it won't take long and you'll have a connection. And God can revive your spirit. Talking about staying in love with Jesus, amen? So you've got to keep an open line of communication with God if you're going to stay on fire for Him. Another thing that helps you do that is to remain constantly under the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. Ephesians 4.11 says, He gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Do not belittle your necessity to be instructed in the Word of God. God has given you teachers and preachers and pastors for your edification, and if you do not make yourself available and put, subject yourself under the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God, then you are missing out on a key essential part of, your, of God's plan for your spiritual growth. And so I believe that every church service that you should have been to that you didn't show up for, you have forfeited an opportunity to grow in your walk with God. Some people think that if they wasn't here to hear it, then they're not responsible for it. But could it be that God had the Word just for you the night that you decided not to show up for whatever reason? Now, I know I can get in trouble preaching about unfaithfulness. <laughs> but it's important. It's important. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And that's a, a very specific phrase, forsake not. In other words, don't just lay out a church without an excuse. Amen. Uh, don't just forsake. Now I understand if you have to be somewhere, you've got to work or you've got a death in the family or there's something that's come up and you just can't be here. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who just deliberately don't show up for church when they could be here and they should be here and they simply don't. You are neglecting a very vital part of God's plan for your spiritual growth. And that goes for Sunday school too. Amen. Just food for thought. So make yourself available. Say, well, I just don't get nothing out of Sunday school. I wouldn't make that public. <laughs> Usually I found that when I wasn't getting something, it was because I didn't have my ears open. I didn't have my heart open. I'm just being talking for myself now. 
Now, you know, I, I know that sometimes, you know, you get more out of church and Sunday school than you do others. Let's just be honest. Sometimes you absorb more than you do others. Sometimes it just goes over your head. <laughs> All right? But you increase your chances of receiving if you place yourself up under the teaching of the Word of God. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to share these with your friends and family, too. This could be a great way to start a conversation about Christ and study the Word together. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to request prayer, please get in touch with Pastor Gary by emailing contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. True North is a ministry of Gary Cottle Ministries. You can find out more by visiting our website, garycoddle.com. Would you like to come worship with Pastor Gary? Simply visit GaryCuddle.com for more details on where he pastors and how you can plan a visit. If you're not in the area, we still encourage you to find a local church body where you can learn from God's Word and spend time with other believers. It will be a place for you to grow in faith, find support, and serve in ways you are uniquely designed to. With that, our time with you has come to a close today. Join Pastor Gary next time for more right here on True North.